Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I have someone who is truly, truly awesome and maxed out a skill tree in college that I really wish I maxed out. She is a classmate, a former classmate of mine. She is a friend, and she is also head of marketing at Yacht Club Games and also a whole bunch of other stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Miss Celia Schilling. Celia, it's so good to see you. How have you been? I've been great. Very busy with an upcoming, like an upcoming launch. But um, yeah, I'm so excited to see you. It's been so long. <laughs> it, it, okay, so backstory between how Celia and I met. So Celia and I, we went to the same school. We went to California State University, Northridge. Woohoo. Yeah. We are both proud alumni of that school. And the way we met was through a friend of ours, a mutual friend's um, infomercial uh, um, taping. Do you remember that? I vaguely remember vaguely that. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mutual, because I remember I was uh, in the role of like some a head chef. We were like fake selling it, um, these like pans that like seasoned your food so you didn't have to season. And now you just you just unlocked the memory. You just unlocked the memory. I remember Sebastian being like, "Oh yeah, you have to you have to do this." And I was like, "Okay, oh my god, that's how we met." That is how we met. I we met forgot. Through, yep, we met through there. Um, and then we just hit it off. We started talking, and I remember, I remember because I was uh, interning at the radio station KCSN, and I put up on my uh, Facebook page like, "Hey, I just got two free John Mayer tickets. Who wants to go?" And you were the first one who like, ding, me. Yeah, you know what's really funny about that? I was a big fan of his opener, Philip Phillips. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was telling people that I was going to a Philip Phillips concert. And they were like, who? And I'm like, oh, well, he's, you know, with John Mayer. And they're like, John Mayer. And I'm like, but Philip Phillips, he's so good. And, he, and the whole time, yeah. so I mean, the concert was fine. It was at the Hollywood Bowl. I'd never been to the mm -hmm. Hollywood Bowl before. So you and I just went and it was, and I was like, I just got these ticket tickets for free and I was also in another class where I had an assignment where I needed to be off all technology for 24 hours, like no cell phone. I couldn't use my car radio. And, and then these tickets fall into my lap. I'm like, Hey, something else for me to do. Cause I was just going to read books all day. <laughs> it's so funny in yeah. my head, how we met is that we were just friends. We just automatically became friends. I feel like I deleted the info acting thing we did together because he had my head i'm like yeah we've been friends always i don't remember how but we were friends always it always <laughs> that's freaks, so funny it, it kind of freaks my friends out especially uh one of my my co-host uh brandon on fake nerd podcast because mm -hmm. he he'll because he and i like we've like stayed in like constant contact like talk constantly talking to each other hanging out um during the season years and even long after obviously long after we do a podcast together yeah and he always freaks out at the fact that I can remember exactly when we met, how we met, and how we became friends. And he's just like, we've known each other for that long, and you remember all that? I was like, I don't know how. I honest to goodness don't know. Like, like when you and I became friends, it's like, I don't know how this locked into my brain, and it just just stayed there. It's like, hey, how'd you and Celia meet? Oh, we met through here. <laughs> You met through that one infomercial, uh, the infomercial project for our friends that yeah. we were just actors in. We weren't the ones getting graded on it. We were just. I know. 
it, I remember, I will always remember because it was me and uh, my friend Bethany. We were like, I was like, we were like the ones doing the infomercial. Like I was the chef and she was like the, um, I don't want to say like the Rachel Ray counterpart, but she kind of was. Mm-hmm. And then you were the the spokesperson who, or the the actual like person who used it. And I always remember you, this line that you said was, and it's an instant fiesta. I will always remember that line from you. Oh my God. I was like, oh no, you remember the cringe, all the cringe. <laughs> Well, it was, we were in school. It was, I know. we had so, to be cringe. <laughs> I remember Sebastian asked me to do that, like, the hour, an hour. It was, it was like really, really like late notice. He's like, Hey, Celia, like, you do acting stuff occasionally, right? And I was like, Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm down. And then he's like, Here you go. And I was like, Oh, this is being filmed. Oh, no. <laughs> I was. Because I, I, my Bethany knew that I was in um, our production of Romeo and Juliet that year. Mm-hmm. And so she asked me if um, I can help her out with a project. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I can help out a friend. And she's like, cool. Um, you remember those infomercials from the 90s? Yeah. You see those cooking ones? Yeah. Cool. You're the chef. What? <laughs> she hands me this script. And she's like, if you can memorize this, I'd really appreciate it. I'm like, reading through this. I'm like, oh, man, this is definitely Yep. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm in this now. I'm like, you got the script prior. This is unfair. <laughs> Sebastian was like, hey, like, I think, I think it was either Sebastian or Sebastian was there or it was Bran. It was one of them. But anyways, yeah, I got the script like an hour before and they're like, there you go. Have fun. <laughs> it's like, go, go off. So, oh. Basically my, oh, my whole existence in that was I'm not going to lie. I, I miss those days. Those were some good times. Before. All right. So anyways, Going down memory lane aside, <laughs> Celia, um, I wanted to come ask you to come. I have you on the show today because I wanted to talk to you about getting a job and working in the video game industry. Because I can only imagine that so many people who watch this show or who who play video games have this dream of pl- being in the video game industry. Um, so I was hoping to talk to you about, uh, about that and also your journey into video games. Because I remember I know where you... I remember you telling me where you started. I actually asked you for help because I had an interview with them one time. Mm-hmm. And just like, what how, what, how did you go from going to school, getting a job in the video game industry, and then ending up at Yacht Club? Because you mastered some sort of skill tree that I wish I did. Oh my gosh, thank you. And, and that actually is a common question. So I'm really glad that you've asked that. So for getting a job in the video game industry, it, first off, figure out what exactly you want to do in the video game industry. Cause I have gotten hit up by friends so many times saying like, Oh, I want to get a job. I'm like, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that, like there's so many different ways to like get in, for example, uh, besides game development, which is, you know, an obvious choice uh, right. there's operations, there's accounting, there's QA, there's marketing, which is me. Uh, there's licensing, <laughs> which is also me. And um, <laughs> there are like, there's so many different ways like merchandising. There's uh uh, like warehouse distribution. So it's like, okay, what is your skill set? What are you good at? And then you just go on the career website and apply. It's it's that easy. And if you're qualified, like let's say that you've had experience in accounting and in a different industry, let's say finance, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you apply. They they want skilled people to be in their accounting department. They don't care if you know you have worked at a different video game company before. Um, so yeah, you, you just apply and there you go. Um, and then for that also, it's it's good always like when looking at jobs is, you know, meeting people that 
you know, that, that work in that industry. So like, let's say you go to PAX, for example, I love PAX because like a lot of actual developers go to that, you know, the people who physically are on the team, go to that convention, go there and just say hello to them and be like, Hey, I'm interested in working. Is there something that I could, uh, like particularly focus on if I'm in school or is there a different career set that you guys look for? You can also just send out an email and ask, you know, worst case scenario, they don't respond. Best case scenario, you just made a friend and they help you out. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways to do it. It just depends what your focus is. I think that's a, that's a, a very good thing to talk about because, I mean, I, I am employed right now, but not in the place I really want to, to be perfectly honest. And mm-hmm. I have been looking at jobs and at careers in video games. And a lot of the times where I'm looking for video game jobs that pop up are stuff for accounting, for business, for more on the business side. Mm-hmm. And I keep scrolling down and I think to myself, it's like, dang, maybe I should have gone to school for something else. Because a lot, when you say video games, I feel a lot of people, gamers especially, they think of the oh the development side coding art design they think of the you know the more artistic and creative aspect and they're forgetting the logistical and the number crunching which doesn't sound the best but at the same time it's vital to the video game industry yeah and it's also your skill set like oh darn i'm not great at game design and i can't draw what do i do it's like well, what are you good at? Accounting? There is accounting, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, businesses need to function as well. So yeah, it just depends yeah. what you're good at and your skill set. Like if someone's really great at art, I wouldn't suggest getting their in in accounting, like if that's yeah. not their skill set. <laughs> but it's just focusing on what your strengths are like for any job. And it's like, okay, for example, you want to work at this one company and they're looking for, I don't know, operations managers with three years experience. Uh, you don't have to just sit around hoping that one day they'll take a chance on you. Work somewhere else and get that operations experience and then apply when it's applicable. Like, mm-hmm. there's no real magic to it. Yeah. Um. Can we talk about your first job in video games? Yeah. I. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's, like, a few. Like, mm-hmm. I realized that you could have a job in video games when I did QA. Um. I did some QA for Activision. I did some QA for Naughty Dog. And when I say QA, oh, wow. it's not, like, actual quality assurance for it. It is the consumer verge side of it, which is, like, they bring you in and you do those little, like, you, you play and they film your gameplay and then they ask you as a consumer. So it's not, like, the actual QA. It's, it's the, the little black mm-hmm. box version of it. And okay. I was like, what? People could have a job doing this? That's why I found out about QA, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's something that could be it. And then eventually, um, I, I think I'd mentioned some like previous jobs, but basically, like I worked uh, at a kiosk at the mall. Then mm-hmm. I started getting involved in marketing for the actual company that worked for the kiosk. So I started getting some marketing experience. And then um, they had a friend who was starting a video game augmented reality company, which um, did, it was like this board game, it's called Kazulu. I think they still exist. It's this board game where you you take your app, this is before Pokemon Go, where you like, mm-hmm. it, it would show the dragon in your phone and you would play using the board. It was real cool. And so I wow. started doing some marketing for them. I actually went to E3 and I want to say 2014 or 13. I have to check Facebook memories. But anyways. I, wonder, I think I remember. Because, all right. So uh-huh. I want to say I remember you going to E3. Not for the augmented reality. For, the, I think, the job after after that. Yeah. And I could not tell you how envious I was. <laughs> I'm still. Because um, luckily with doing this podcast, I now have a better chance of going to E3. I think I actually applied for a press badge for E3 2019. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was shot down. But. Oh, that's what I, that's fine. I'll try again next time. 
But still, the fact that one of my friends, someone I knew going to school, was on the floor of E3 showing off their stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. like, that is awesome. <laughs> oh, thank and you. I appreciate I'm just, that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not mad, but I wish that I was there. <laughs> well, just as a heads up, E3 <laughs> sounds like so much fun. It, there's so much magic that happens, so many fun announcements, so many cool people. But oh my God, it is a crap ton of work. You are not envious, sir. Look me right. in the eyes. You are not <laughs> envious. <laughs> um, so for that, like, um, I could talk a little bit about that. Uh, E3 is very, very stressful. I equivalent E3 or, you know, PAX or whatever to, you know, how there's like pre-launch, like we have to get all the stuff done in the game. Like, ah, uh-huh. I wouldn't say crunch, but I would say like stressful E3 is also because it's making sure everything goes smoothly. Yeah. It was a blast. That was so magical. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, um, it was really funny when um, actually when I got hired at Yacht Club Games, I was like, we don't booth at E3. We have a couple meetings and that's it. That means I can enjoy E3 oh. for the first time in my career. And then you have the world shut down. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I am not destined to go play at E3. <laughs> I, I can only imagine of how, okay, not like soul crushing that is. Cause I mean, honestly, <laughs> when you get... Because, yeah, I can only imagine working a booth at E3. Like you said, working at a booth is, like, stressful. You got to make sure everything's perfect. You got mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're there to work. You're not really there to look around and be like, oh, the shapes and colors. You're there to, <laughs> you know, get stuff done. Yeah. And I completely understand that. And now, like, rethinking, like, younger me, it's like, actually, nope. Yeah. Like to enjoy as a media. Oh my gosh. I am always so jealous of my media friends because they're like, oh, like I waited in line and got to do this and this. And of course they're working too. It is very difficult. Honestly, it takes so much emotional energy and prep work and all that stuff. But oh man, they get to play the games and it's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. There's um, a retro convention that's coming up in uh, February. It's the first one that's going to happen in here in Southern California. Oh, which one? Uh, SoCal Retro Gaming Expo over in Oh, Ontario. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know them. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I'm a, uh, I am dying to go. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. I'm actually in contact with one of the owners and I'm trying to get her to come on this show for an interview. So hopefully that happens soon. But mm-hmm. at the same time, this is the first gaming convention. And I know once I go, I'm going to be going as a guest or not as a guest, but as someone, you know, someone who paid for his ticket, but also um, with a new stack of business cards and I'm there to work. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I, yes. I want to go too. Me, I'm gonna look into that because I've been to the the old ones, but I, I haven't been in a while. Well, obviously, everyone hasn't been in a while. Yeah, but you know, I, what I, mean. <laughs> I actually had a ticket to go for 2020s uh, SoCal Retro because the Completionist was there, Nintendo was there, a whole bunch of personalities, were, uh, YouTubers were gonna be there, uh-huh. and I was gonna go. And I I had like no money in my bank account, but I was like, I'm gonna go there to. Uh, to network to talk to these people try to get them on to get them on the podcast because i really want to talk to these guys and pick their brains because it'll be so much fun to talk to them and then nintendo bowed out um the gaming historian bowed out and then uh the completionist bowed out and then of course the entire world shut down yeah so that probably was like a part of it because yeah it it told it definitely was but it was it was a bummer but now that it's actually coming back it's like cool and now I have a little bit more money in my bank account. So then Yay. I can also shop for retro games because I love playing retro video games. Same. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I love retro conventions. Like I miss PRGE, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. It's like so fun. Um, I know I know this month actually too many games um is going mm-hmm. on, but that's on the East Coast. I yeah. wanna go. I never got to go. <laughs> you know, um, some of my 
I some of my friends on the East Coast um, who've actually have been on the show. They're going to they went to a convention in South Carolina, and then they're going to too many games. Or and um, I actually some one of my Twitter followers and mutuals tweeted like, "Hey, who's going to too many games?" And of course, I'm like, I'm just gonna be that guy. I was like, I can't go because it's on the East Coast, and trying to find a plane ticket is gonna be hard. Yeah, and and expensive, and I don't have the money mm-hmm. for that. The actual too many games Twitter account liked that tweet. And then nothing happened. I'm like, thanks for liking the fact that I can't go and I live on the opposite coast. I, well, I, I don't... think, I think, okay. So, okay. As someone who operates a social media account for a company, two things may have happened. A, they're like, oh, I appreciate the support. So this is me acknowledging your existence. Or they read it wrong. And we're like, oh, you can go and you have to find a plane ticket. Cool. So I don't know. I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I take it personally. I mean, I, oh, I didn't. I just looked at it. I was like, I mean, cool. They know I exist. That's rad. Because yeah. I, I would love to go to these retro gaming uh, conventions on the East Coast and all, all, all over the country. Unfortunately, just I don't have the time or the money to do so. Yeah. But once Portland comes back, a friend of mine and I have like, we made a pact. And I told him, I was like, hey, I will if I will help on the hotel room and I will buy my own plane tickets. But I really want to go because he went to Portland before, you know, before the fall of mankind. And... He said it, and he showed me pictures. He it, there, his profile picture on his social media websites for the longest time was him wearing a power glove, and I'm just like, I want to do that, like so bad. Even even though it's just like if I can wear a power glove for a hot second at a convention, I'm like, I love the power glove, so <laughs> bad. I've never seen that movie. I just know the line. Oh my gosh, you have to go see it. Oh, um, I, I haven't seen it either, but I've heard a lot of quotes. Um, one of my friends, um, he uh. He he was a fan of that movie, <laughs> and so I recognize things. So it's okay. I'm a I'm a power glove poser too. Yeah, but hey, if you want to go to SoCal Retro, if you want to carpool, hit me up. I I can totally definitely. That'll, 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 hey, it's it's in right in my backyard. That's the best part. It is literally in my backyard. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll make the voyage. We'll we'll plan something because I, I I love retro game conventions. So yeah, we'll it's, that we will. So. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, how did you get in touch with Yacht Club? Um, they made a Twitter post, which we find everyone on Twitter. Let's be real. <laughs> like literally you talk about anyone we've worked with, like RNA for Cyber Shadow. Oh, we mm-hmm. found him on Twitter. Uh, Vine, well, Russell uh, for Shovel Night Pocket Dungeon. We found him on Twitter. But anyways, yeah. So they made a post that they were hiring a community manager. Um, at the time I was working at Hyperkin. Um, There's mm-hmm. a lot of factors where I was like, oh, like, let's see what else is there. Like I wanted to move closer to family. Uh, mm-hmm. cause at the time, like I lived like 80 miles away from like my family Ooh. and like, yeah, kind of sucked. I felt like I lived two lives, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, well, I'll look around and see, you know, just see what's on the horizon for fun. And they had an opening. So I applied, um, they called me in for an interview. I was like, okay, let's, let's make some new friends. Let's see what's going on. And like, I met with them. The interview went really well. Um, and then they're like, oh, like, well, you'll be in contact. And then I didn't hear from them for like a month. And I was like, guess I'm not getting hired. And then oh. they uh, they called me back <laughs> for a second interview. Um, and yeah, that went well. And I guess they liked me, obviously. I've been here for yeah. a while now. Um, and yeah, so they they offered, gave me an offer and I accepted. And then the world shut down. And I was like, do I have a job? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no, they 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 still, <laughs> they um, they moved everyone remote and it was it was fine. Because mm-hmm. I can o- I can only imagine the the anxiety because I because when I because I also interviewed for Hyperkin obviously I didn't get the job bummer but mm-hmm. it's definitely 
knowing like knowing that your interview went so well and not hearing from them for about a month obviously it worked out for you mm-hmm. but at the same time i can only imagine it's like did i get it did i not get it what, what's going on here you kind of want to poke the bear and then be like hey what's the deal what's going on guys <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Like, okay, so like Yacht Club and everything that they do, it is very meticulous. They care so much. They're very passionate people. And, uh, you know, it happens. And so I like, I was kind of like one of those things where like, I was in a case where like, I really enjoyed my job at Hyperkin. Like I wanted to live closer to my family. Uh, but like, if it didn't, like it, like it would just have been a new cool experience. You know, who would have, who would have known? Uh, so it's kind of one of those situations and I, I really love it at like Yacht Club games. So it's, it's, it's nice to also live next to family. So everything worked out in my case, but everything's always different. There's a lot of factors with everyone. That is awesome. Now, <laughs> please don't hate me, yeah, but um, I have yet to play Shovel Knight. Dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a reason why. Okay, oh so God. if you look on my wish list on both my Amazon or even my Nintendo Switch, um, uh-huh. I have Shovel Knight Treasure Trove as a wish list. Although I'm really fin- I'm finicky, I would really love a physical copy. So if I ever find a physical copy, I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason, so I, I want to play Shovel Knight like super bad. Because I've heard nothing but great things. Even my co one of my co-hosts, Ryan, he has told me I need to play Shovel Knight. And Shovel Knight is on the docket for um the main show basement, the main basement arcade, which is our which is the fake nerds a let's play channel. And I have the of course we haven't been recording that because you know pandemic and we have to stay remote and, and stay away. But luckily, once we're done with our current game, Shovel Knight is gonna be the next one. So please don't hate me, but I will play Shovel Knight, I swear. Cool. I'll tune in. It'll be good. <laughs> so uh, when you were interviewing with Yacht Club, did you play Shuffle Knight prior? Because, and now correct me if I'm wrong, but Shuffle Knight, is, uh, Shuffle Knight isn't Yacht Club's only big game. There are other games that they have outside of the Shuffle Knight franchise, right? Kind of. Okay. So um, for this, okay. So first off, I'm so excited for you to uh, <laughs> go on your shovel journey. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had interviewed with Yacht Club Games, I had played Shovel of Hope and I had played Plague of Shadows. Um, did I beat either of them? Kind of. Uh, I played some of it <laughs> and I would skip around or I'd like let my friend play and I'd be like, cool. Um, so I played a little bit. I had dabbled with Shovel Justice um, mm-hmm. and like I was a fan. Like I thought the games were good and I was like, sure, I'm not the best at it, but it's something that I enjoy. And like the colorful cast of characters are so fun that I'm like, I wanted to join in on that fun as well. And mm-hmm. it'd be a lot, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to market since the characters are so fun and memorable. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this would be a great opportunity. Um, I forgot the last part of the question. <laughs> so what, what was it again? Um, it, the last, uh, crap, even I forgot the last part of the question too. Wow, I'm a horrible interviewer today. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, how do I make this full circle? Uh, so yeah, I had played it and I was really excited. And um other games that we've made there we go okay yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that, Shovel Knight, okay wow. so Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is a saga of five different games so mm-hmm. they originally released in 2014 uh Shovel of Hope which is like the introduction to the series and mm-hmm. part of the Kickstarter process was they announced that if they reached certain stretch goals that they would add certain campaigns and they had the community vote no one had played the games yet or any of the characters because it's like pre-Shovel of Hope and so they picked up uh, Plague Knight, they picked Spectre Knight, and they also picked uh, King Knight. And so mm-hmm. for that, we made Plague of Shadows, which is kind of like a 
new game plus to Shovel Knight. That was like always the the tension of it, um, mm-hmm. where you know it's new gameplay mechanics. You're exploring a new story and like all this fun stuff. It was like for more experienced, here is the the next I guess step in the you know the the whole series. And after that, they made brand new campaigns for um for Specter Knight. Specter Torment's really fun and like King of Cards, which is as King Knights. Oh my gosh, King Knights. Okay, so if I'm gonna be biased, I love King of Cards. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it was like one of the last entries in, in, in uh, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. So they threw so much fun stuff in there. There's so many jokes. I have caught myself laughing like audibly out loud when playing that one. They also made it a, a card game. There's Joustice in it. I don't know if you're a TCG player, but I really like trading card games. So I was like really stoked about that as well. Um, it's awesome. Oh, and they also made Shovel Knight Showdown, which is in Treasure Trove, which is basically like a I don't know, it's like a Smash style game where you're playing mm. like, as other characters in the series and you're fighting each other. It's really fun. Um, so yeah, so those are the five games that uh, are in the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, which is on sale. I think the sale actually ends today on Nintendo Switch. Just throwing that out there. Anyways, so- <laughs> <laughs> hold that thought grab. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm weird, so I'm I'm a very big proponent of owning my games physically. I mean, if I have to get it digitally, I'll get it digitally. That's hundred percent fine. But because I, I would, I love getting um, physical games because I'm I'm an old school guy because I like holding the physical copy and be like shiny. He, it's on my shelf. Look how good. Well, okay, I don't have a shelf. It's gonna be in my drawer. Let's be. Let, uh-huh. It's gonna be in my dresser of. You can't really see it, but you see this dresser right here. Yes. All my games are in there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't have a. I am not have a sweet little gaming loft in my house, but I'm, I space is limited, so I have to. But once I pull the dresser out, it's like oh. <laughs> That's cool. It's, and. You know, it's fine. We all have to get inventive. I'm the same way. I'm very, like, I'm very, I like physical versions of games. Like, um, my, it's facing this wall, but I do have a game shelf. <laughs> like, with all my Nintendo 64 games, my Dreamcast games, my Sega Genesis, you know, all the good stuff. Um, And so, yeah, like, I, I'm very similar. Uh, Treasure Trove is also available in a physical version. But anyways, I'm, so yeah, like, I, I'm the same way. Uh, This girl on Twitter, who's my new Twitter friend, um, she posted about this Oatome game. I think it's called, um, olympia soiree and um i like looked i was like oh i'm gonna buy this and then i was like oh i'm gonna buy this physically so now i have to go find a, a good uh, physical version of it so yeah i'm the same way yeah i mean because uh the big release that's coming because we're, we're recording this in the very beginning of october of course when this video comes out it's gonna be well past that it might actually be around my birthday when it comes out anyways what's um, your birthday next, november 15th november 15th okay making it yeah so um metroid dread is coming out next week yes and i've just played through all the metroid games i fit i'm ready for dread i'm super excited i cannot find a special edition to save my life oh because all those scalpers when the because i woke up at nine o'clock in the morning to watch that direct and i saw the direct i was freaking out i was scrolling through twitter and i see a picture of the special editions i'm like is that available and then i'm like like the direct's over i'm like I'm on my way to the gym with my roommate. I'm like, I'm going to go see if that special edition is up for pre-order. Oh, sweet. It is. And it's gone. Yeah, that happens. Um, I would wait till the sweet spot of like when the release happens and then the people that did not, who got the physical version, who did not want to play it. Like there's like a weird sweet spot of where you can get it like yeah. five bucks under MSRP and that might be your range. But also, they're probably going to be printing more physical versions for the holiday season. So I would yeah. just probably keep an eye out to like yeah. your specific retailers. Oh, yeah. I plan to be calling some stores later today and be like, mm-hmm. yo, did you manage to score some copies of the phys- of the of the special edition? And if you did, hold one for me. I'll, buy- I'll be there Friday morning. 
you should check with them because like some actually some retro game stores they also sometimes get mm -hmm. physical versions of certain games oh, i know cool. one up oh oh okay good because i was like yeah. i think one up um tends to get physical versions too so maybe yeah. check with them i i i don't follow where uh where's one up what city is that in uh los angeles okay yeah i'm a little unfortunately i'm a little farther away from la um, but luckily, in, in my, and I'm more closer in the Inland Empire, but there's a few stores around me in Orange County and in L.A. County that I can get to that oh. they do get physical copies of the newer releases. Yeah. Um, I think Pixel I'm, Vault's near you. I think Pixel yeah, Vault. Yeah, yeah, Pixel Vault. Is, oh, I love Pixel Vault. I love those yeah. guys. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, Pixel Vault, um, Lost Levels is also really close to yeah. me, and I I know the owner there, so I can probably hit him up and be like, yo. And, of course, Frankenstein's is right down the road yeah. for me. So I can call them and oh, well, there's a few booths there that I can hit up on through Instagram and be like, do you have this? And if you and they'll let me know. So hopefully I can get it next Friday because I really want to do a uh, if it's up, if it's up um, by now, sweet. But either way, I'm getting the game next. I'm getting the game next week. If I get the, the special. Cool. If I have to sell for the standard, I'll sell it for the standard because I just want to play Metroid Dread. Yeah, well, I'm very excited for you. I tend to wait till after release. I okay, so my whole, I guess, gaming philosophy is I wait until the reviews come out before mm -hmm. I get excited. But once they are out, I will be right there with you. It's super excited. Oh, I completely <laughs> but understand. We'll see. No, there were a few games that I was super excited for that I have waited until reviews came out. I want to say uh, New Pokemon Snap. I waited for reviews to come out before I got that um super mario 3d world and bowser's mm -hmm. fury i waited for reviews on that and um, there was one other game too i completely forgot but because there are some games and some franchises that i'm i'm ride or die like when kingdom hearts 3 was announced instant pre-order instant buy it all in full i got the deluxe edition it was i got because I, I want the steelbook i really like collecting steelbooks for my video games oh, um wow. same with final fantasy 7 remake it's like instant i'm like yeah. i don't care i want this so I feel like I'm that way with Metroid Dread because I played through all four previous Metroid games and I know the people or not, not I know the developers because they made the, um, the remake Samus Returns <laughs> for the 3DS. So for me, they have such a good, a good enough track record where I am willing to go head on full steam ahead, dive right into the deep end day one. But having that philosophy of waiting for reviews is a very good philosophy because <laughs> I have been burned before. <laughs> who burned you uh i uh, uh so i was hyped for ballad and wonder world i was so excited it looked good it looked like the it looked like it was gonna be a return to the magical world of you know what I, like of saying you know what i mean like that that feeling that that magic it looked, it looked like that i like platformers you know, and I was like, like, yes, I was really hoping it was going to be okay. I've never played the original Knights because that's a Sega Saturn exclusive and Sega has not re-released that game. Damn you, Sega. Um, Knights into Dreams because mm -hmm. that game looked gorgeous. And we get Bond Wonderworld and, and I'm thinking, is this going to be Knights? Is Knights going to be in this game? I really hope so. And then all the reviews came out and I'm like, oh no, UGY, what have you done? No, you could tell, oh God. Um, no, it, yeah, I was a little burned by that. Luckily I didn't buy it because I put it, I procrastinated. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this. And I was like, ride or die. I'm like, I'm going to buy this game. I don't give a shit. I love 3D platformers and I love supporting mm -hmm. like the future of anything uh, like Knights related. So I was like, yes. And then <laughs> I was lazy. I forgot. I was busy with something. And then I saw the reviews and I was like, ow. That hurt here. That hurt in my heart. Um, but like, I don't know. It just, 
like I try I try to be careful because I also I buy so many games like I have a huge 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 backlog of games and I was just like okay like I should probably beat these and then I buy more games and I'm like shit uh, excuse my language, but shit. Uh, no, no, so... you're, you're more than welcome. I say shit all the time. Okay? So uh, I want to show you something real quick. Uh-huh. If that's okay. Um, all your listeners, I'll describe it. So I have these three games physically on the Switch. It's the Sha- It's Way Forward Shantae. Yeah. I have two of the limited run uh, Best Buy variants. And I have Shantae Half Genie Hero physical for my Switch. And I also bought Shantae digitally for my 3DS and even for the Switch because I'm like, I'm never going to own the physical copy because the limited run physical copy is going for hundreds of dollars. And then, or not hundreds of dollars, but, you know, it's very expensive. And then Best Buy showed up. Like, I was scrolling through Twitter. And one of, my fo- and one of the guys I follow on Twitter is like, hey, Best Buy just came out with these, lim- these, with these variant, it's like comic books, a variant cover of a video game. Mm-hmm. Just because the, these two covers are different. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to buy those. So these are perpetually in my backlog. And I completely understand when you get these games, especially when retro games, because when I buy retro games, I intend to play them. Yeah, I do want to play these games. I'm not buying them just so I can, you know, do the whole water games thing. I really don't like that. But I want to play these games. Like when I get Shovel Knight, I'm playing Shovel Knight. Don't know when I'm going to get to it, but I'm going to play there. it. <laughs> like the same with these Shantae games. These are there because I started shantae and now i have these two games in the backlog and there's another one i'm gonna try and snag physically but yeah it's the ever-growing backlog that just stares in your soul when you get into a new game like once i get dread i'm like yeah dread i can just feel the the daggers my backlog (laughs) is giving me i know oh my god yeah i have what did i get i got life is strange i bought the, all the life is strange games like all the, oh, the prequel to like all the downloads all that and mm-hmm. life is strange 2 is out and like in my head i'm like i'm right or die i'm buying that regardless uh, so actually i haven't read the reviews of life is strange because i'm buying it i'm gonna buy it just i don't know when because now mm-hmm. the Otome games on the there's a lot of games i need to play <laughs> so we will see but yeah I, I i know it's 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 hard being a gamer guys okay there's a lot it of is. stuff <laughs> You know, it's hard being a gamer and it's hard being an adult with a job. I know. It's so rude. <laughs> it's I cannot tell you that I treasure the days where I just I can get my chores done early in the morning and I can just like veg the rest of the day with a controller in my hand and like I'm just playing video games. I'm just or I'm gonna read my ever growing stack of comic books that I that are I'm months behind. It's the constant glare of backlog is always staring me in the face. And one of these is like, I will conquer this backlog. I don't know when, but I will conquer it. You know, I feel the same way. Ugh, like, so when I was a little kid, I made a rule for myself that I had 100% a game or like close to it to get a new one. And like, so a majority of like my old, old collection, like the, you know, that I started with, like is, is just me, like all beat games. I'm like all prim, like I've done this. Um, and then now as an adult, uh, that's out been outpaced by my job and me being excited for more games. So you're so, a completionist. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I like back well, because it was like one of those things where like I had to get the most value of every game. It, it's not like you know, back in the day, every game was like what it was like 60 or 80. I don't remember the price of games before because I was a child, so I didn't pay for them. I, um, I remember I remember the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era games. Those games were 50 bucks. 50 bucks? Okay. Game Boy games were 40. And then, of course, you had other games that were on sale. Like, um, I remember 
I used to watch X play all the time when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, like when the PS2 era, when the PS in the PS2 era, when X play and G4 TV, when before they revised, thank goodness they came back. I would watch X play constantly, and I would buy games based on like, hey, you should definitely buy this game. This is a five out of five. It's perfect. That's how I got into God of War. But they had a section called Games for Cheap Bastards. And it's like, <laughs> here are some amazing titles that are now on sale at your stores for 20 bucks. You have no excuse now. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. man. <clears throat> but yeah. <clears throat> nah, excuse me. Blem. But yeah, I completely understand. You want to you get the most out of a game. For me, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, getting the most out of a game would be essentially just beating it. Like if there's like some sort, uh, I think the one game I really 100%ed or even not even 100%, like maybe 90 something percented was the original Kingdom Hearts. And yeah. I, I played that game constantly. I was so stoked for Kingdom Hearts 2 that I would, I would play the original Kingdom Hearts over and over. I even, I remember one time my brother walked into my room and I started a new game on Kingdom Hearts and he's like, are you playing Kingdom Hearts again? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why? You beat this game like three times already. I was like, dude, I want, I'm going to get the ultimate weapon. He's like, you're going to grind for the ultimate weapon? I'm like, I'm going to get, and I got it. I got the ultimate weapon. I got Goofy and Donald's ultimate weapons. Let's just say I whooped Ansem's ass. I even fought Sephiroth three times just for funsies. Oh my God. Okay. You, you are a champ. <laughs> Well, this was like this was in like 2004 or no, yeah, this was like 2003, 2004, and I, I will not lie, I would go fight Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts One, only to so I could listen to One Winged Angel. That was it. That was my first introduction into Final Fantasy was through Kingdom Hearts and through Sephiroth. And I once I'm fighting him, the first time he kicked my ass. But as I'm playing, it's like this music's like. Really, really, really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You know, it's funny. I found out about Final Fantasy characters also through Kingdom Hearts. Um, I had, because I wasn't a PlayStation kid. I was like Nintendo 64 kind of mm-hmm. kid. So, you know, we did, we weren't like exposed to, you know, Final Fantasy games. And I didn't have an SNES because like, you know, I was younger. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't exposed be, to it. Don't be fooled by the hat. The only SNES I have that's actually mine is my SNES Mini. Fair enough. I actually wanted to get the mini for that reason because I love having a physical controller. I have a Super Nintendo Junior. It's like okay. the different variant looking version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I have a few games for it. But yeah, I'm not like super exposed by like by the vast SNES library. Uh, but right. I played a few good ones. I really like them. But anyways, back to my story. So yeah, I wasn't yeah, exposed to them. So I thought that they were characters made up for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did not know about that. I also, okay, another embarrassing note um, before, you know, just admitting things in our lives. Uh, same thing with uh, Super, uh, sorry, uh, N64 Super Smash. Uh, I thought Ness was a made up character for a little while. Uh, but I ended up reading the bios in there and I was like, oh shit, like they didn't just make up a bunch of characters. And reason for that, okay, I'm just throwing it out there. Reason for that is because of Diddy Kong Racing, they made up a bunch of characters. You know, they had tipped up and, you know, well, they'd pre-conquer conquer, but you know what I mean? Like they all the other characters, Pipsy, Pipsy's not in shit, okay? So I thought <laughs> that it was like one of those. And like 
Diddy Kong Racing, you know, they had Banjo, they had Conker in there. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like they threw in like Mario and Pikachu and Donkey Kong and then all these new guys. I was wrong. I was very wrong about that. But anyways, that's a different story for a different I, time. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll admit some things too, because I mean, you and I grew up in essentially the same era. We're both 90s babies. Yeah. And because when I was like, when I like knew what video games were, because the first video game I ever played was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. There's a reason why he's yeah. my favorite. Mm-hmm. And but I only knew about Sega and Nintendo, and I never owned a Sega or Nintendo until much later in my life, i.e., the minis that are hooked up over there. Mm-hmm. So, um, my only exposure to the Super Nintendo when I was a kid was thanks to my next door neighbor, and she only had like two games that we ever played Super Mario World and Street Fighter 2. But we didn't call them Super Mario World and Street Fighter, we just called them the Mario game and the fighting game. So <laughs> Years down the line, when we eventually would get an N64 or we would play Smash Bros at friends' houses, like we knew what Pokemon was because both my brother and I had Game Boys. I still have my original one. It's in the dresser. And we're like, we see Pikachu, like, oh, we want to play Pikachu. And we knew about Mario and Luigi and Donkey Kong and Yoshi. But then we see Captain Falcon. And we're like, who the hell is Captain Falcon? We see Samus. I'm like, who's this guy? I did not realize Samus was a woman until my parents bought me Metroid Fusion and I'm reading the instruction manual and I saw the word she, I'm like, nah, Sam. And okay, this is me as a 12 year old. I was an idiot. I apologize. So I'm like, yeah, Samus isn't a girl. No, no, that's a guy. That's totally a guy in there. And then as I'm playing the game, it's like, oh, it is a girl. Like when you die, like her armor comes off and you mm-hmm. see her. And I'm like, oh, and thankfully I'm like, and then eventually I'm like, I'm playing as I'm like, I eventually was like, yep, Samus is a woman. And then I played through all the Metro games. And like, yeah, she's a badass. Yeah. A total, she is a total <laughs> bamf. She is. Yeah. I found out she was a girl because of the, the descriptions there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can read all the descriptions in a super smash, like 64. And I was like, read that my sterner. Like what? And then we were excited. And then we got over it very yeah. quickly. <laughs> I think my brother couldn't like when we played smash, I'm like, Hey, you know, Samus. And he's like, yeah, what about him? I was like, no, no, it's a sheet. He's like, He's all looking at me like that's a she. I'm like, yeah, she. And he's like, okay, yeah. I was like, and we cool. just and, and we would keep playing us and we would play as well. Okay, we would we would one of us would main as Pikachu and then we would go to either Link or Samus. And I think even that's through Smash Bros. I realized what Link's name was because we thought that was Zelda as a kid. Oh really? Oh man, that's funny because yeah, I was introduced to Zelda before Super Smash Brothers. So mm-hmm. I yeah, that was my my pattern play. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I I don't have all the facts about this, but I read somewhere, and I think my friend told me about it. But Super Smash Brothers Link, uh, was developed prior to the release of Ocarina of Time. Like they were working on it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the reason that Link is different in Super Smash sixty four is because he they had concept art and non finalized things, so they had to just like put shit together that's why he uses the boomerang as an adult even though that's a kid only move and like there's just like little things like that i found that out and i was like oh that's kind of cool um i don't have all the facts don't quote me on that but that's a part of it yeah no i mean excuse me if that is true that's actually interesting because i never would have picked up on that i because when i play smash bros now as an adult when i play super smash bros especially for the 64 and then i think back to ocarina of time i wouldn't probably i wouldn't like put two and two together because I'm just like, hey, I'm playing as Lincoln. One of the weapons he has in the game is the boomerang. Mm-hmm. So that's actually interesting if they did develop the games at the same time and then they're just like, uh, just just put it in there, just put it in there. We got to get him in the game. 
yeah so yeah don't cook for i'll double check on that and then i can we can add text that says she was right or wrong <laughs> <laughs> warning fake news um so yeah i'll, I'll let you know <laughs> all right so um i have to so going back to working in video games um one of the things i was i was that completely caught me off guard that i had no idea that you were in was nintendo's latest indie world and we see the announcement for uh shovel knight is it puzzle quest is no uh shovel knight pocket dungeon pocket dungeon yeah so the announcement for pocket dungeon and i'm because i'm watching indie world I'm like because the switch is a darling for indie games and indie developers there are so many great indie games one of my favorites of all time that i got just because of how cool it was was tribute games panzer paladin i mean it's a yeah, mix so of mega man and mobile suit gundam that's already like ticking off so many nerd boxes for me uh -huh. and I saw, I'm watching Indie World, and then I see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, I'm freaking out. I'm I'm in bed next to my girlfriend, and I'm like, oh my god, I know her. And she's like, what? I'm like, I went to school with her. <laughs> so I got to know, when Yacht Club came to you and said, hey, you're going to be on the Nintendo's Indie World, what was what was running through your mind when that when you when they said, hey, you're going to be on Indie World, have fun? Um. So for that... I was really nervous. It's kind of one of those things where I don't think I can get detailed on the process, but I'm the one that was like, hey guys, by the way, we're doing this. Um, and then they're like, yeah, you can. And I was like, thanks. Um, it definitely was a very interesting experience for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, growing up being super excited for Nintendo announcements um, and just, you know, like when directs became like a thing. And just to be able to be a part of that was like such a career highlight for me and such like a, like a checkbox, like, oh, hey, like, you're actually doing stuff in the industry. That's cool. Like if I told my 10 year old self, like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to be canon in an indie world, like <laughs> showcase. I'd be like, what? No way. What's indie. Um, Cause you know, I'd be 10. I wouldn't know that. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was a really cool experience and very exciting. And I don't know. It made me really happy. <laughs> um, so once again, um, cause we did know each other back in school and I, I, I'll be, I'll admit it that we weren't super close. I mean, we knew each other, we'd say hi, we talked to each other on Facebook once, but we didn't really hang out a lot because schedules and other things were in the mm -hmm. way, but I cannot tell you how happy I was for you. And I mean this sincerely when, cause I do want my friends to succeed in mm -hmm. this world that we are in all the things that have come up, especially when we were kids, what we were promised, if you like. Um, cause I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm still a little bit bitter that I was promised you go to college, you get your degree, you're going to get an amazing job. I am yeah, lucky yeah. to have a job. I am lucky to have a steady income and so many are don't because of the pandemic, but at the same time, I'm not happy with that job, mm. but, but seeing someone whom I went to school with and someone who I know do something that awesome. And then we're going to talk about something later that I am once again, super envious. It just made me so happy. And I'm like, she did it. She effing did it. Oh my God. I, thank I, you. I raised my, I, this was full. I apologize. I raised my glass to you because you thank did you. it and I could not be more. I, I, I want to say proud, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know if proud is the right word, but I'm like, you did it and you're there. And I cannot tell you how happy I am for you. And I honestly, I mean that sincerely. I don't try, I'm not trying to be like, eh, but. <laughs> Wait, yes. what, what are you not trying to be like, Justina? yeah i oh but and, i'm sorry what'd you say oh i was like oh what are you trying to be i wanted you to do this again that's 
sorry. Um, thank you. I really appreciate that. Like, that's so kind. And like, I work really hard. And, and just to hear something like that, thank you. I also love seeing my friends succeed. So like, when you're out there and you're like publishing cool articles in old school magazine, I'm always like, yeah, I'll read it eventually, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> So, I, yeah. mean, I, I mean, I know I tag a lot of people on Twitter. I actually get a little <laughs> scared when I tag people on Twitter when I when I write a new OSG um, because I'm scared that someone's going to see this because I tag a whole bunch of people. I do it because, A, I want people to read it. I want it to get out there and, you know, to do the, the do little feelers. There I go doing another, another little hand thing. Mm. <laughs> um, it's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, continue. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continue, continue, continue. Okay, yeah. So I, I put stuff out there and I tag my uh -huh. friends, I tag my followers and because I want them to read. Well, A, I want them to read it. And B, I want feedback because that's my whole point is I want to improve. I do want to get better at writing. I want to, I, I, I feel like I'm thick skinned enough. I mean, I worked in retail and in a restaurant business. I have a pretty thick skin for, I, I'm ready for criticism, constructive criticism, of course, but I want to get better at this. So eventually maybe someone on Twitter can can swing by is like who's this guy click oh hey this guy's really good hey i liked yourself hey cool thanks you uh want a job <laughs> i mean if that happens woohoo but at the same time yeah so i mean i and think and thank you for uh saying i'll read them eventually because i totally understand we have jobs we're busy and it it sucks and thanks for not getting mad at me tagging you and a whole bunch of other people <laughs> yeah not at all okay for at least for me speaking for myself um like getting tagged and stuff is no big deal for me. It's like, oh, cool. Like what's going on? Cause like, you know, sometimes with algorithm with social media, like I don't see when my friends post, like mm -hmm. I'll get ads for, I don't know, like hot pockets. Cause you know, Twitter <laughs> algorithms weird or like, I'll yeah. see, I don't know. Everyone's talking about couch guy. If you know what that is, it's a TikTok thing, but anyways, <laughs> oh my God, you've escaped couch guy algorithm. Um, so good for you. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, like, so getting tagged in something, it's like, oh, cool. Oh, this is going on. Awesome. I'll like it. And I'll add it to my backlog. There's so much in the backlog. So <laughs> I'll let exactly. you know when I read it. But exactly. I will eventually. Um, yeah. So yeah. I forgot what article it was. Because I know, I, I think I talked about indie games in some way, shape, or form. And I did mention your the company you work for. I mentioned Yacht Club. And they actually did like my tweet. I don't know oh, if they read Oh, that was me. That was me. That works. <laughs> So yeah, like, they, so they, yeah, they did like. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> I forgot you run their Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, so anything so, you see on Twitter is usually me. Okay, so next time I see, it's like Yacht Club on your Twitter. It's like, huh, Celia. <laughs> nah. uh, is like, hey, was that you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so go, going on. Um, so you were on Indie World, and I was super, and I'm super happy for you. But then. You tweeted something, and you you tweeted it, and you posted it on on Facebook that made me mad. Not because you were on it, but because I wasn't able to watch it. Mm -hmm. So we're both fans of Gerard, the completionist Khalil. He um he's one of my favorite YouTubers. I've been watching him for years now. Um, I have I have one of his hats and one of his shirts in my closet right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have the silver um that one video gamer hat that he parried off the Sonic Forces one. And I'm, he has been one, he has been, to me, he is a get. And what I mean a get as in, if I were to have him on this show and just talk to him and just pick his brain, that's one of those, he's one of the guys where I'm like, if I were to die tomorrow, I could die happy. Cause I talked to, I talked to him. He is a really prolific gamer and mm -hmm. you were on his Indie Land stream. Yeah. 
How was that? I am because unfortunately I wasn't able to watch it, and it makes me so mad that I missed it. But how did a how'd you get on it, and b how was it, and also see what did you play? Oh yeah, so um, a how was it? It was so much fun. That was actually my first time meeting Gerard, like in really? person, like face to face. So that was that was really cool. He is so kind. Oh, he's nicer than he is in his videos. Like I watched, <laughs> I, I watched plenty of his videos, and I was like, oh, he seems nice, but he is so much kinder than that. And he's really funny and like sweet. So he's great, and I'm really appreciate like having us on. Um, so how we got on there? So Gerard's actually a really good friend of Yacht Club Games. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of my coworkers are like besties with him, and uh, my colleague was. Uh, he's super awesome. Uh, he was gonna go on the show, and he was like, I was like, oh, do you need support? Like do you need me to like you know help supply marketing materials for you assets like how can i help support and he's like well do you want to just come on and i'm like okay so uh, <laughs> i ended up going and it was a lot of fun um it was definitely a great experience we were able to raise a lot of money for dementia research and treatment which is something that actually is like pretty like heart like it's it's close to my heart um i lost my grandma she had dementia so oh. I was a person like affected by that. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's really like I don't mean to get emotional on this, but it's it's really important to me to help find like a cure for this disease. It's it's horrible. And so to be able to partake in something like that meant a lot to me. So it was an obvious yes, besides meeting Gerard and having fun, uh, being able to raise money for such a good cause, it was very vital. So on a Sunday when I'm not working and I tend to try to avoid working on weekends, I was like, I, I need to be there. So I was. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we played Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Whoa, oh, game coming oh. out. Also announced it in the World Showcase. Um, but yeah, so basically we were playing Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. He got to test out some of the levels. We also did versus mode. And, you know, we got to showcase the game a little bit. And then after that, um, uh, we did, it's not really a game, but we did like the, the, tier challenges whenever it hits a stretch goal or whatever mm -hmm. we would eat hot sauce some of them oh. were very spicy um my colleague was uh had the this hot sauce called the end on a piece of string cheese and i've actually had that hot sauce before um to buy it you need to sign a waiver fun fact what? Uh, that you won't sue yeah that's a thing and um basically uh not to try it but like to actually buy it from the retailer because they care about mm -hmm. getting sued i obviously would never sue Gerard but anyways I tried it on a toothpick not at the indie uh like land event but at a different like hanging out with friends and mm -hmm. that kicked my ass and I am a hot sauce person like I eat sriracha like starting is like sriracha with every meal like that's just how I am it has mm -hmm. to be spicy or I don't feel it uh <laughs> so basically for that um yeah Waz tried that and he was like in pain and that was the second hottest so uh, hot sauce because there's the end which is the one that Waz tried and then there's Lifeline, which is the N2, basically, which, um, yeah. Anyways, so that was a thing. Um, we had a lot of fun <laughs> uh, raising money for charity. And then um, after we played Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon and ate a bunch of spicy stuff, we had a pizza party and played uh, Isaac. Um, okay. The I, I don't know the full name. I'm actually, I, I don't know the Isaac game that well. I played I, I it twice know, in my life. I know what, yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's but I, i've because i've seen the cover the the ending of isaac or it, it's i know what isaac is i once again i've also never yeah. played it but I, I think i know what you're talking about yeah so it's isaac but it was a mod version of that i don't know the subtitle what the mod is called so i'm like just isaac but with a mod and so where uh people could donate and they could help him or hurt him and oh, oh boy did they hurt him <laughs> 
I feel like whenever a YouTuber, especially one as prolific as Gerard the Completionist, because he's also on G4 now, good for him. Mm-hmm. And when he's like doing stuff like that, and it's like, hey, you have an option to help me or you have an option to hurt me. Everyone decides to turn chaotic evil on him, no matter how nice of a... I feel like if there's like, I'm going to donate this money because I want him to suffer. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome that he's raising this money for this cause, which, which I... Like you said, I also lost my grandmother's dementia as well. It freaking sucks. And just, I feel like it's for a good cause, but at the same time, it's like, I really want to kind of be the nice guy. And like, here's an extra health bar. You need it, buddy. You you would have been the kind souls. <laughs> yeah, because they would help him. And then they would wait to like, right before he killed the boss. And then they would pay to reset it. And so he'd have to fight that boss again. And it was like, he's good. Like, Gerard's very good at playing video games. But, like, just doing that on repeat is maddening. And, like, I appreciate his patience. (laughs) I mean, the man has completed so many video games, 100% all the way through. He has been through some... I remember watching his original video for Sneak King before it was taken down. And I was like, I don't think I would have the patience or the mental facilities to go through the Burger King Xbox 360 game. I probably would just chuck that thing on the, I would probably play it for a few minutes and then just chucked it in the trash with my trash. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm still bummed, but I am also really happy you did that. And also you are awesome when it comes to spice. Cause I'm a baby when it comes to spicy food. I don't think I can handle any spicy food challenges at all. Really? We can well, get you I, on the, the Taco Bell sauce version of that. and we'll just... I think I can do the Taco Bell. Okay, so I can handle some spice. I'm the type of person where if it adds flavor to it and it's got a little bit of a kick, that's fine. Like if you put some jalapenos in there, um, <laughs> like maybe some sriracha to give it a little to and Tabasco sauce. I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'm not going to like just like cut the top off and just like pour it, drizzle it on. But if it's got a nice kick, if it's... I'm the I'm the person like I want this for flavor and it's got a bit of a kick, cool. But if it's like, oh no, you're gonna be in pain, I'm like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> you're you're a smart fellow. I think it's so funny that humans eat spicy food because it's normally a deterrent to not eat whatever that is. And we're like, oh, this is great, put more on. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've seen the memes of peppers. Oh, like that, there's like these rage comics of peppers where it's like, I've developed a way so birds can't eat me, and it's a defense. And then uh, like you get the humans of like. Of spicy pepper go burr and then <laughs> and then the pepper's just like it's it's uh, I forgot the name of the meme, but it's just like what the WTF man, what the hell? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, but if you and I are ever but if you and I ever get on a stream together to play video games and you're like, we're doing a spicy challenge, I, I will submit, I will do it, I I will put myself through pain, but I just need to make sure that I'm allowed to swear because a string of expletives will be leaving my mouth. <laughs> If I'm a dude to do uh, like one of those spicy hot sauce challenges or like the one chip that's like super spicy and you, it's only the one chip. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Um, actually, I want to try that. Like, I think they saw it on Amazon. You know, the the super the the single yeah the single spicy chip. I'm trying. Yeah, like I think it's like the Picante brand because I've seen like um that brand of chips at the store and it's like yeah good these are habanero and and it's close to ghost pepper but it's not really ghost pepper. But then I remember seeing, I want to see an Instagram reel or something of one singular chip that was blood red and this guy ate it and he was like, ah! and it was a slow burn. That's the worst part. It was a slow burn. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. He, he even said it's like, 
oh okay it's a slow burn and it just built up and he's like ah! oh my god that sounds fun but also horrible yeah cool. i feel i feel like if you so um once i eventually do get the shovel knight treasure trove collection and i do start playing it i'll hit you up maybe you could come on and be like hey so ben if you can't beat this boss on your first go here's something super spicy you're gonna have to eat have fun no uh yes but no i don't know i'll, I'll come up with something <laughs> so i'm like i'm like if you can't beat like the first boss initially like actually no yeah if you don't beat black knight i'm gonna <laughs> i'll make you eat the spicy chip <laughs> i was like easy easy if i have one like pro gamer thing that i can put on my res on my like my gamer resume if you will that's like a bit of a bragging point is the first time i was playing blood now my brother and i during the pandemic we would co-op dark souls 3 and bloodborne mm -hmm. and on so and uh, the co-op in that works like you beat a boss your partner gets kicked and then you restart the level on the other side so you can go through that whole thing well in certain parts you get one boss right after another boss in my um in my uh, scenario it was maria of the astral clock tower in bloodborne in the bloodborne dlc mm -hmm. i beat her 1v1 on my first try good job i yep. played very little of bloodborne but i've died every time i've tried so <laughs> just hearing that you beat something first try with a name that has that long of title, I'm impressed. <laughs> so my brother was still on the, the voice chat and he was like, dude, just die. I'm like, no, let me try this. And I'm fighting Maria, I'm dodging her. And he's like, and he's like where's where's the health bar at? I'm like 50% gone. He's like, what? And I'm like, almost dead, almost gone, almost gone. And he's like, dude, do it, go. He's like cheering me on, on the voice chat. And then mm -hmm. when I beat her and he's like, dude, that's a pro gamer move. You, you just did pro gamer stuff right there. I'm like, really? She's that hard to me? He's like, yes she's that hard and she proved herself to be that hard because when i we went back to beat her on my brother's game she killed us five <laughs> times before we were able to take her down and i'm That's just like and i'm just sitting there going i either just got stupid lucky or i was in the zone i was like i was like locked in uh-huh well that's awesome and congratulations and yeah Pro gamer move. There you go. You get your yeah. badge. <laughs> like the one that's like the one thing I can brag about. Like if we're saying it's like, oh, I did this. Like it's like I did this my first try. I was like, I beat Maria the Astral Clock Tower my first try. That's like the one thing I can say. Other than that, I got nothing. I think my okay, this is not really a pro gamer move, but I've seen no one else talk about it. So mm -hmm. I discovered in Majora's mask that you can lure the dog to hit coffee when he's checking the mail and I've seen no one else do it. And I've able to replicate it twice. And I showed Kevin. And so Kevin's seen me do it. So I have another person who believes me, mm -hmm. but yeah. And I've seen no one talk about how you can do that. And it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my uh, discovery slash brag. And obviously being as impressive as that though. <laughs> but that's still, Hey, you're doing something in Majora's Mask and that's a 20 plus year old game. And I assume this is on the original N64 version, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. Great. So that's a 20 plus year old. Oh God, that's a 20 plus year. Ah! I know. I remember when it came out, my sister was like, I remember seeing advertisements for Dora's mask. My sister pointed at it and she's like, we're going to play that one next. And I was like, okay. And uh, we did. Uh, but also, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, yeah, we're getting old. Yeah. And I can uh, also see your necklace, the Majora's mask. Necklace, oh yeah. Necklace yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Majora's yeah. mask. Oh, uh, please don't hate me. I play Majora's mask. Mm-hmm. I haven't beaten it yet. Dead to me. Again. Ah, again. Uh, <laughs> again. 
again. No, yeah, Majora's Mask is uh okay. Why why haven't you beaten it? Okay. Um. So I actually I'm so I have the 3DS version of Majora's Mask. So unfortunately, um, I've tell I feel there's this should be like a little counter on the on the corner there. It's like take a shot whenever Ben mentions this story because there's so many stories I've mentioned over and over again to different guests on the show. Oh. But I I lost my N64. Uh, my N64 and my entire N64 collection is lost to time. But I never had the actual cartridge of Majora's Mask of uh, Majora. So the only way I was able to play it, and I actually bought it like the first week it came out, was the 3DS remake. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, finally, because that was the same with Ocarina. I never played that on the original N64, and now Majora's Mask. So I'm like, I could finally experience these games, and they are true masterpieces. But I got to the very, very end, like the the last dungeon and I'm about to, and I'm doing all the side quests so I can get the fierce deity mask. Cause I want to go in and kick Majora's yeah. ass. But for some reason, something happened. I don't know. I can't really remember. I don't know if another game came out or just something else occupied my time. I just turned it off. I put it away. And I just haven't gone back to it. Okay. It's not that I don't like the game. The game is amazing. It is it is definitely a darker Zelda. Like every time when I first put on the Deku mask and I saw that horrific transformation sequence, that actually scared me. And I'm watching these videos of people talking about how Majora's mask is people going through the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, and like you, you got the villagers and Termina being in denial about the moon coming down. You got um this, the sister who's accepted death and is waiting for her and her brother to die. Essentially. It's like, this is a dark ass game. What the fuck? It's and real dark. dark. Yeah. Or you, or, or you uh-huh. see the Deku sprout, the dead Deku sprout that belo- that's the son of the butler in the Deku kingdom or whatever that's called. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is a kid's game? Yeah, no, it goes it goes further than that. Like, oh my god. Like, it gets like, if you pay attention to them, like right before the moon ends and you see people cowering, oh my god. Yeah, as a kid, that sticks with me. That, that stuff yeah. with me. But so, yeah, it's so much fun. So great. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing it as an adult, I'm playing it on my 3DS. I mean, I, I'm, I'm using a guide because, unfortunately, with those, as much as those old games are awesome, you don't, I don't know where to go, and I don't have the time to like to figure it out. Like when I played through my Metroid games, I had a guide with me because I just wanted to find as many as, and I still missed some damn items. But I was a, I was on a clock, and b, I didn't have a lot of time to finish these games. So I'm like, I'll just do a guide, and I'm still the one who, you know, who's putting the inputs and getting through the game. Yeah, no fun. But I don't know what it was. I mean, I still have the game. I will never get rid of the game. It's a fantastic game. I was so happy. I even put it on my Facebook page when I bought it, and I had uh-huh. to put a disclaimer because I'm like, because I remember that post very well. I'm like, to the to the initiated, to the uninitiated, I'm fine. Everything is okay. Nothing is wrong. But to the initiated, dot dot dot, I have met with a terrible fate. <laughs> Because I knew, because I knew my other older family members who don't know what Majora's Mask is, they're going to be like, if I just put, I have met with a terrible fate, they're instantly, the comments are like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Are you okay? What's happening? Are you okay? I'm like, fine. It's just a video game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that line. There's so many. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. Um, But yeah, yeah, you should play it. Uh, Especially since they announced that uh, Majora's Mask is going to get Mm -hmm. released to the online service. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember I posted on Twitter about that. And like one of my friends was like, I'll just add you to my family plan. And I was like, yes. So now I have switched (laughs) online because my friend added me. Um, So yeah, I I can't wait to play it on big screen again. Yeah. I I have it. I have it already. Like I can literally play it now, but like, (laughs) but on Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I also have it for GameCube. I've played this a lot. (laughs) 
Well, it's, it's your favorite game. It's like with me and Kingdom Hearts or with me and Sonic the Hedgehog. I have a bunch of different ways to... I have my original Kingdom Hearts game that I bought way back in 2002. And I have the HD version for my PS4. Probably not going to get rid of either because for me, it's like Kingdom Hearts is like, oh. But with other... Or even my um, Final Fantasy twelve, I have the special edition Final Fantasy twelve Steelbook mm-hmm. that came with the DVD, like the history of Final Fantasy up to that point. And I have the Steelbook from Zodiac Age that came out for the PS4. It's one of those games that I absolutely love. And yeah, I'll own multiple copies of it. Yeah, I'll replay this. Of course, I'll replay this again. Mm-hmm. And Majora's Mask is definitely a game I would love to experience with the original graphics. Because when um, Rezo got, when they made the 3DS remake, it looks gorgeous. But looking at screenshots from the original to the new one, I kind of miss like the, the actual clock face of how the days would go by that are in the original one. Whereas yeah. in the new one, it's just like a, a timeline. Yeah, I know that there are certain changes. I actually was annoyed when I played the 3DS version because they changed like parts of the boss fights. They Yeah, they changed the time. And uh, yeah, sure, they gave you like life conveniences. But uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. I only played the original. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just bitter and uh, yeah. <laughs> So besides Majora's Mask, because I know you're a huge Zelda fan, besides Majora's Mask, do you have another favorite Zelda, or is it just Majora's Mask all the way, the rest can die? Ooh, um, I really well, that like... Might be, that might be a little too harsh, or the rest can just like go away, you're fine with Majora's Mask. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I like like Season and Ages is really good. Um, oh, for Game Boy, I really I really like well Game Boy Color, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, so I really true. like them. Link's Awakening's really fun. Um, I have a bunch of weird inside jokes that, <laughs> about that game. Um, so it always makes me laugh. So I really like those. Um, let's see. I think Wind Waker's really fun. I think it's cute. I enjoy that. I don't know. Like, I I like Phantom Hourglass. I'm one of the few people that like that game. Um. Oh. It was okay. The repetition was annoying, but it was a really fun, inventive way to play on the DS. I enjoyed that. Like, I enjoyed the mechanics of it. I'm um, trying to think. Awkward times. I don't know. Most Zelda games are good. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to go through all of them. But yeah, those few I like. Um, I was going to like the my favorite Zelda game is uh, Link Between Worlds. That it that will forever and always be my favorite Zelda game because mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing game already. But that game got me out of a bit of a funk. Uh-huh. Once again, another story I've said a million times. But because um, when I got that game, I was I didn't know if gaming was going to be my thing anymore. If I, if the, the dreaded, I grew up. I'm no longer. I need to be an adult, and video games aren't what adults do. Thank God that's not true. Yeah. But and then I played Link uh, Link Between Worlds. And I'm like, wait, games are fun. This is fun. This is like really fun. This mm-hmm. is really good. I'm having so much fun. And I'm like games are great again. And then I started diving into other channels that I haven't really gone into. So for me, Link's Awake, um, not Link's Awakening, Link Between Worlds mm-hmm. for the 3DS is my absolute favorite. Is it the best? Probably not, but it's up there. It yeah, is it's what so hit home good. for you, and that's what's great. So, mm-hmm. And then I played Breath of the Wild, and oh my god, Breath of the Wild was just like a whole new world. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I enjoy Breath of the Wild. Is it one of my favorite games? No, but do I enjoy it? Yes, things that bother me about it. Um, items can break. I don't like that shit. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> um, I'm fine with items being usable, like, I don't know, like arrows, for example. Yeah, you run out. Cool. Great. Whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I do not like that they break because I am a collector at heart. I like collectathons. I like how that hits in my brain. And you can't really hoard as much as you'd like and things break. So basically, a majority of me playing that game is me seeing what I can get away with and chopping wood because um, I want to build that house um, so and I would just like go and I'd see like you know the moblins doing their thing and I'd like run over it and then steal their stuff and then run away and like avoid conflict whatsoever and yeah then chop wood and so yeah that's and try to get horses so I feel like I played Harvest Moon through <laughs> this Breath of the Wild rather than experiencing Breath of the Wild um, it was, I, I really enjoyed it I loved like the, the characters all of that um one thing that I wish it had more was dungeons rather than yeah. shrines. But that's just my love of like traditional Zelda games. So I'm kind of hoping that Breath of the Wild 2 might have a little bit more of that, but we'll see. Yeah, it might. I can definitely um, reiterate or agree with you on the whole items breaking thing because I cannot tell you how many times I would be in the middle of a fight and I have a sword that I, it's a really good sword for where I was in the game. I found this really cool weapon or this weapon that did a lot of damage to the moblins and the, and the bokoblins and everything. And it breaks mid swing. Great. And I cannot tell you how many times I'm in the middle of a fight and you hear me yell, shit. And I just try to run and regroup because then I'm now I'm just getting jumped on. It's like, ha ha, dog pile. Yeah. That yeah. Or even when the Master Sword, I mean, luckily the Master Sword doesn't break, but it recharges and I got... Yeah, which is serious bullshit because it's yeah. a sword and it's supposed it's, to be the best. It's uh, the Sword I, of Evil's Bane. You have to have 13 hearts just to get the damn thing. And then when you finally go through the puzzle of the stupid Lost Woods, you see all the Koroks and you're like, ah, you little bastards. And then, oh yeah, F the Koroks, by the way. I, I mean, know. Yeah. I when I when I watched uh, Gerard's um, video when he completed Breath of the Wild and they had 900 Korok seeds, I'm like, oh hell no! Yeah, no, thank you. That's so many. Yeah, I did the 120 uh, shrines thing because I wanted to get like the suit of the wild. Did I upgrade it? Nah, I'm not waiting around for those dragons anymore. I did that. I'm not doing <laughs> it again. Um, have you ever lost your shield? Um, the the Hy Hyrule shield. And they have to go back and find it in the castle again. Uh, Did you well, know you can do that? Did you know you can lose it? I didn't well, know that. I, I lost it. So I lost <laughs> over my Hylian shield broke. But uh -huh. I did the side quest where you build the town. I did the bunch of side quests where that town gets built. And then the um, that one lady, um, that one girl gets married to that other guy mm -hmm. with all the, um, the, the sons, you know, like where you had to have like son in your name. Yeah. Was it son or? Yeah, it was son. Mm -hmm. So you had that. You get married because I guess one of the researcher's sons goes to that town and you can buy the shield. Yeah, you can buy the shield back too. So you I it also... was either, yeah, it, luckily I was like, my pockets were full of rupees. So I, I had money to burn. So I was able to go to him and buy the Hylian shield and then just teleport back to the castle because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go through that shit again. Oh my God. Yeah, I never, because I just got it and I was like, cool, now to go do other shit. And so I went to go do other stuff and then I lost. I got shocked and then I didn't realize I dropped it. And then later on I was like, oh no. It was wow. not a good time in my life. Yeah. No, even, even worse is when you're in a you're in Hyrule Field, you see the castle, and then you hear the music and the dee -dee 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 from the guardians. That's just like I. So I was playing Outlast last night. We were recording for Base Arcade for Spooktober because it's October. I play a bunch of spooky games. Yeah. yeah. Um, Outlast scared the shit out of me. 
that also scared the shit out of me. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, Hyrule Field, so gorgeous. This game is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm playing with my girlfriend's watch. She's like, man, this is so pretty. Like, I know this is on Nintendo system. How cool is this? Beep, 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 beep. Where, where is it? No. <laughs> and then I just get zapped and I die. You know, it does make you relive the fear of the original Ocarina of Time. Oh, you didn't play that when you were a kid, but okay. So when it hits night and you hear the like the wolf sound and then oh, no, the, that scared me too. That they like jumped out. Oh gosh. Yeah, that anxiety of they're just popping out of the ground. You're like, ah shit. Uh same fear, which was nice, a nice touch, but also don't do that. <laughs> I think oh, so the first Zelda game I ever really played and actually beaten was Twilight Princess for the Wii. Mm-hmm. So when I got Twilight Princess and once um, I got into the Twilight Realm, I became a wolf and then you had to fight the shadows and you hear their screeches in the distance. Oh, yeah. Ooh. yeah, that I'm, was well done. Yeah, I remember like I'm going through the Twilight Realm and then I hear that scream, like that high-pitched scream. I'm like, I'll probably have to go that way. I don't want to go that way. And then Minna's are like, hey, you got to go that way. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Rude. Yeah, I um, need to replay Twilight Princess. I haven't played in... 10 years like i haven't played that game in a long time and i remember the cats and i remember being a wolfy guy and i remember the disturbing baby and like that's it oh yeah uh, that or even uh that that <laughs> cuckoo looking thing that, oh it, yeah yeah where you see a certain chest area that's like i feel that should be censored but it's not and it's uh okay that's an image in my brain yeah i have a nickname for that one too but uh that's not podcast <laughs> so i'll tell you later okay. <laughs> oh, oh gosh but yeah. Uh, yeah i mean twilight princess i do feel that that was an amazing game that was a really good it was a good entry zelda game i also feel because it came out for the wii uh i really want it because even though i never really played zelda games before mm-hmm. i want it because it's like you swing the wiimote and it's your and you swing your sword and i thought oh that's like the coolest thing i want that and i still have yet to play skyward sword interesting yeah, so yeah. I played Twilight. I love Twilight Princess. I mm-hmm. absolutely adore Twilight Princess. I don't have a Wii U, unfortunately, but if I ever do get a do get a Wii U down the line, I'll definitely be getting Twilight Princess HD, or unless Nintendo plays ball and actually gives us for it on the Switch, that'd be nice. Right? We probably won't get that for a couple yeah, years because they they don't want to compete. They don't want Skyward Sword to have competition. So yeah, but especially now that we get Breath of the Wild two coming out soon, so. Are we are we getting it soon? I don't. I have no inside information on this, but are oh. we? I don't know. <laughs> so, we talked about this when the direct happened back in June. Like me and my uh, po- other podcast friends. So when they say 2022, I actually kind of believe Nintendo because looking at Nintendo's track record over the years, they've been pretty close to their to their initial release dates most of the time. I mean, we have a few um, stink or well, not stinkers. We have a few obvious ones like Breath of the Wild, the first one. But I feel that if it does come out in 2022, it's going to be like November, October, uh, like end of the year for holiday yeah, season. Yeah, like next holiday, yeah. Yeah, and if it does, and if they do come out and say we have to delay it, I'm not going to be mad. I'm like just making sure it's a great game. That, yeah. That's fine. Like no, I, I definitely Hearts, agree. Yeah, like when Kingdom Hearts 3 and when Final Fantasy 7 said, hey, we need a little bit more time. I'm like, for Kingdom Hearts 3, I waited so long for that game. I want this to be good. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Same with Final Fantasy. I want it to be good. Take your time. I you hear that CD Project Red? Take your time. Oh, no, there's so much with that, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, I it's better to like delay games. And obviously, I'm saying from like our side of things too, because mm-hmm. people don't realize like 
there's like lot check with games. Like when you're shipping a game, it's it's not just you high five and you're like, it's going to be on the platform. There's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you can't rush that process. You have to lot for it. So let's say you discover a bug like right before lot check, you have a choice. Are you going to ship the game with it and do a day one patch? Or are you going to, you know, hold the game? And sometimes it makes better, like it's a better decision to hold it and mm -hmm. perfect it and really polish it and then release it when you're ready. And like, though the community will be disappointed, dude, I get disappointed every time there's a delay, but having a more polished experience with the game yeah. and like having that magic and being able to experience how the developers intended it, I think that's a way better choice. But I don't know, it's every every studio, every choice, whatever they yeah. want to do. It's their well, life. Actually, actually, that kind of brings up a question that I just thought of. Um, since you, you work in marketing, so you don't, do you talk to the people who, to the devs of Yacht Club quite a few times or do you, or do you just like when you're walking down the hall to like maybe the break room and go, hey, Bob, I see you. Is it kind of like that? Or do you actually talk to them and they're like, hey, what's the deal? What's going on? And so they, do, you guys gripe, do you guys gripe or do you just like, do you just stay in your own separate areas and not really talk unless you're in the break room? Oh, I'm in a sh like a heck ton of meetings. Um, okay. So yeah, no. So Yacht Club Games, uh, the really cool thing about it, and I, I absolutely love this about them, is that they're very hands-on. So like, let's mm -hmm. say that you're interested in storyboarding, go into the storyboard meeting, start making examples of stuff. I can't like, yeah, like there's like just a bunch of different times where they're like, oh, you have an idea for this? Yeah, talk about it or add it to the spreadsheet. Or like, we always go over everything where anyone who's interested in anything you want to do, you're a part of the process for it. Obviously, there's things like I can't talk about level design because yes. I don't, I'd be like, level good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but like for other things that I have interest in, I can always sit in and also talk about and um, be a part of the process. So that's what's great about them. We have such an open door policy. So yeah, like I know my colleagues, I bother them all the time and we're friends and I like them. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm able to have that. Um, but I guess more traditionally, depending on what company you work with, like if you're in AAA, marketing department tends not to hang out with the development team just for the fact that everyone's focused on their own chain of commands. But yeah. like if you're in a smaller company, you tend to wear a lot of hats. And mm -hmm. if you're able to contribute or be a part of or just be in the room, like that's awesome. So yeah. No, that's that's interesting because I don't know if you saw, but a while ago I got to, I was privileged enough to sit down and talk with Howard Scott Warshaw, the man mm -hmm. who made the ETV game, which actually got it. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to get, I want, this is history right here. I have this yes. game, because this is history and I want, and it needs to be preserved. But anyways, that aside, because mm -hmm. when I was talking to him about, because uh, I don't know if you listen or not, but if um, I was talking to him about how the marketing team and the engineering team were kind of butting heads at the time. Now, of course, this is in the what I call the primordial age of video games. This is in the very beginning. No one knew what they were doing because it's never been done before. So hearing that for, of course, like a company like Yacht Club, which, yes, it is a smaller team, but the fact that you guys do talk to each other and you are, I would say, like, uh, there's that form of camaraderie. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. It makes me happy because then it's like there's no – there probably is miscommunication here and there, but at least it's not on the scale of – where it's like, hey, this is in the game. And then engineering goes, um, no, it's not. We, uh-oh, oh, they messed up, uh-oh. Yeah, luckily, because we are small, we do have the advantage of being able to do that. Um, I know with larger companies, because I, I have friends in marketing everywhere, um, like, you know, they, you know, they submit their copy and then it gets checked. And like, there's a bunch of different avenues for that, where I feel like in the past, it really wasn't, you didn't have a, the advantage to, email someone or message someone on slack and be like hey like and have an instant response mm -hmm. um so 
yeah, I guess they did deal with that difficulty, but like in modern, what I deal with, um, yeah, we don't really have much communi- like miscommunications. Like when we're planning stuff, I'll be like, hey, these are opportunities. Is there anything that we can hit like logically? And if it doesn't make sense, like just hold it for something else. There's plenty of marketing beats always. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like a teamwork process of like, what do we want to get out and like what the focus is? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're we're about hitting the hour and a half mark. And I try to keep these episodes hour and a half, even though the last two will almost go two hours. But there's one last question I like to ask you. And I, if it's like picking your favorite child, I am sorry. And you can give multiple answers. But what is your favorite Yacht Club game? Is there one that's like, this is my favorite, it will always be my baby? Or is there just like, I love them all? Okay, so King of Cards is my favorite mm-hmm. Yacht Club Games game. Um, King Knight is hilarious. This, this is the humor that that game is. Okay, so mm-hmm. side note, my colleagues are really funny people. They're they're wow. so oh my god, they like start jokes. I was like, I I audibly laugh out loud, um, crack up. And so that humor is in that game. It's in all the Shovel Knight games, but like mm-hmm. that one in particular, oh, I love it. Um, there's a lot of propeller rats, and they make great starter subjects. Like just there's so much humor to it. Uh, you have to play it. It's amazing. So I really enjoy that one. Um, I also, okay, it's not out yet, but um, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. It's coming out this mm-hmm. winter. Um, that's my plug. But anyways, I love it so much. It's It hits all like the right parts of my brain when I'm playing it. It's a puzzle game, mm-hmm. but it's also a roguelite. So like it, it hits right for me. So I'm obsessed with that one as well right now. Um, I would say those two are, I guess, like my Yacht Club game favorites. Okay. All right, so a follow-up to that, um, I talked to, we talked earlier about you playing the games prior to you joining the team at Yacht Club. When you did join the team at Yacht Club, was there, this, this might be a little far-fetched, but was there like an initiation process of, of like you sitting down and actually having to beat the games? Or they're just like, hey, do you like our stuff? Cool. All right, that's fine. Oh, no, we have a fight club, like, underneath oh. the office, and you have to dress up <laughs> as the real Shovel Knight. Like, you have to, like, believe in it, and uh, you have to fight the entire team dressed up as the Order of No Cor- No, no, of course, no, they're just like, here, you want to play it? And I'm like, yeah! And then they gave me the game, and then I played through Treasure Trove on my PlayStation port. Imagine that, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I don't know about the fight club thing, but I can imagine... No um... one wants a fight club, it's so rude, darn Oh well, I used to do martial arts and I did enjoy sparring. That was fun, but I don't want to actually like hurt people. <laughs> oh, it makes one of us. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Oh my god. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah, they gave me the game and they're like, check it out, and I'm like, thanks. And you know, there you go. So yeah, there's no initiation, but you know, it's like it's good to be familiar with our games if I'm going to be yeah. marketing them. And I already was thankfully. So it mm-hmm. wasn't, it was more of a refresher and being able to experience the newer campaigns that I uh, didn't experience yet. All right. Well, awesome. Well, Celia, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was, it's, it's, it's awesome just to catch up with you and just talk to you. And it's also just, and it's also thank you for the great insight. I think a lot of people are like, so that's what it's like in, 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 for this little sneak peek inside a uh, yacht club games. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was great catching up. Let's talk more. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Over oh, the love of God. Yes. If you ever want to hit up Frank and Sons, just 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 call me. Just be like, hey, you busy Saturday? No, let's go to Frank's. All right. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I do that with my friends on the regular. It's just or even I'm just like at home. It's like, I know I have stuff to do, but I really just want to look. I just want to peruse the aisles. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Yeah. So Celia, where can people find you on the internet? And if wow. they want to catch up and or they want to like see what you're doing and obviously follow Yacht Club Games because yes. a lot of good stuff is coming out from them. 
Um, I swear, Yacht Club, heads of Yacht Club, you're listening. I will play Shovel Knight. I swear. Cross my heart. I swear. But we're we'll hold you to you? it, bucko. Okay, yeah. no, okay. <laughs> so uh, on social media. So I'm on Twitter. I'm Celia. Um, I'm at Celia B with three E's. Um, I know, right? And then on Instagram, that's my primarily, uh, that's my primary social media. I've been getting more into Twitter though, uh, is Kosher Gamer. So mm -hmm. those are my main two. And of course, if you tweet at Yacht Club Games, I'm the one seeing it. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's, so, that kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say it broke the illusion for me, but now that I know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to be like writing some stuff. It's like at Yacht Club and the parentheses, I'm like, I know it's you, Celia. <laughs> yeah. It's, part of me wants to do that, it. but the same, part of me wants to do that, but I also don't want to get you in trouble. So. No, like it's pretty transparent that I'm the one using it. So all right, cool. I mean, like, I mean, at Yacht Club, at, uh, like parentheses. I know it's you, Celia. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Not that, not, You're I, the one using your characters, though. So yeah, I am the one using my characters. True. So yeah, definitely go check out, go follow Celia. She's totally awesome. I'm not just saying that because she's my friend. She really is an awesome person. I mm -hmm. um every time she like posts stuff um from like because I also do play TCGs, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic are my big ones right now. Nice. Um, it's like you post stuff from Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm like always commenting. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. So yeah, go definitely follow her. And the Yacht Club's obviously not paying me to say any of this, but go check out Shovel Knight when Pocket Dungeon comes out. I can't I'm looking forward to play it. Um also once again, I can't wait to get Treasure Trove. Once I get it, I'll let you know. And <clears throat> sorry. And I'm once uh, basement arcade, like I were able to sit down and finish Sonic Mania, I'll be playing Shovel Knight. Because the reason because even my my co-host Ryan. Um, the guy I do based on arcade with, he's been telling, he told me before the show started, it's like, you need to play Shovel Knight because I love retro video games. I love this, the 8 bit style of it. I've heard some chip tunes from it. It's, I'm just like, I need to get it. And I, once I find it, I'm giving it. So there we go. And yeah, so now all of my plugs, you can follow me, Ben Magnet at Ben Magnet 27 on Instagram and Twitter. Also like and subscribe to this video. If you're watching this on YouTube already, cool. We have other shows on the Fickner podcast, YouTube channel, the main show, which we have all of our shows. There are, um, we have reviews. We have other shows, Fickner's watch. Uh, we have, um, uh, conversation, which is really fun. Where um, our co-host sparks and other people I'm on, I'm on some of them. We talk about animation we talk about cartoons. That's really fun. Uh, we also have, I already said baseball arcade. I, Swear I try to write a script for this, but I don't, and I fail every damn time. Brandon must be laughing his butt off right now. <laughs> so also, we have the Fignerd Podcast West website, fignerdpodcast.com. Links to everything are there. Our Patreon, our T-Public. You can get shirts like Baseball Arcade t-shirts there. Not in this color, though, because the purple in our background is a lot better. And I was like, oh, I like the dark ones. And then I got it. It's like you could barely see like the little house there because the whole point is it being in the basement. It's hard to see what that is. So yeah, don't make my mistake. Get the purple one. And yeah, so check that out. Also check out Celia. Celia, thank you so much for coming on. We definitely need to catch up more. And once this pandemic is over, I can't wait to have you over so you can stream Shovel Knight with us. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a blast. Yep. So once again, thank you for coming on. And for now, unpause.